Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about personal branding. Donna and I were old friends by now. Originally, I'd been her coach. Later, during her exhilarating rise through the company, she had often engaged me as a thought partner. These days, we tended to talk when planning an offsite for her group. But today, aside from catching up, she'd invited me to lunch specifically to think about one of her direct reports. I'm dying to get Jason promoted, she told me, but the other members of the senior team don't see his value yet. I can only push so hard. So I'm wondering, what can he do to change their minds? What's his brand at this point, I asked her. Not just with the senior team, but in general, what's his brand? Dependable, she answered, not having to give it much thought. He's a stable guy, no drama. What you see is what you get, does what he says. That's his brand. And it's all good, right? But being dependable doesn't light any fires. How has he shaped his brand himself, I asked. She asked what I meant. By way of example, I told her about Siobhan, a fiery Irish woman I had coached. She had been distressed as, over the years, she had found herself nudged out of important meetings and kept out of the loop with certain information. One day during our coaching, as we discussed a business situation, she said with a laugh, "'Oh, I haven't a clue. I'm rubbish with numbers.' "'Whoa,' I said. "'How often do you say that out loud?' "'What, that I'm rubbish with numbers?' I nodded yes. "'Oh, I say it all the time. Been saying it for years, and it's the truth. I am.' "'Well, perhaps it's the truth,' I said. "'But I think maybe you've said it often enough that people believe it. Maybe even you believe it. But if people think you're rubbish with numbers, well, I can see why they might not want you at the table. Maybe you've branded yourself.' And that is exactly what had happened. Siobhan's words about herself had branded her, and not for the better. I said to Donna, So what words does Jason use about himself? She ran through her mental files and then said, You know what he says a lot? We can do that. He's always saying yes and delivering. It's great. But if I'm going to get him promoted... He needs to be more than just dependable. He, he's going to have to be dynamic, too. I asked her, Do you know what words he's carrying around in his head about himself? How do you mean, she asked. I looked at her a second and then said, Instead of telling you, can I do it with you? You bet, she said. She put down her fork. She had always enjoyed thought exercises. Okay. You're at a meeting with other department heads, big meeting, lots of voices, complex conversation, and you do great. You make at least two, if not three, suggestions that are so smart, the group adopts them on the spot. Your suggestions significantly alter and improve the next steps. That day, you are a rock star, and everyone there knows it. And then you have to go to another meeting. You excuse yourself, and as the door closes behind you, people nod their heads in admiration, and they say, Wow, that was great. Donna is so... How do you fill in the blank? What words do you want them to use to describe you at your absolute best? With only the slightest pause, she said, Smart, strategic, and collegial. Okay. Those are great adjectives, Donna, and I think they're pretty accurate. I, I think that's actually how people experience you, because those words are pretty active inside you. I continued, 
So that is the exercise. You imagine yourself at your best. Then you ask yourself what adjectives you would want people to use to describe you. So the question I'm asking you is what words do you think Jason would use to describe himself? She looked doubtful. Wait, are you saying whatever words he uses about himself would automatically get recognized? Automatically? No. I think it takes time. But I'll tell you what I see a lot. I'll do that exercise with someone. She'll rattle off a list of words. I'll write them down. And then as we examine them, she'll see a gap between the words she's chosen and how she's perceived. So she'll choose a new word to focus on, a word that will stretch her and develop the new quality she wants. She'll think about the new word all the time, in meetings, in her emails, on the phone. And then, yes, that word starts to crop up around her. That stretch word starts to become real. It's uncanny. I've seen it more than once. Without any skepticism, she said, that's an interesting idea, that you can create your brand just by thinking about it. Well, and by speaking it, too, I added. If you were going to turn up the volume on, let's say, collegial, then during a meeting you might say, you know, in the interest of collegiality, how about if we did such and so? You'd begin to use the word in conversation, not just keep it inside your head. She considered that, and then she said, I can see how this works. I think this would be a good exercise for a lot of my people. But you know what I thought of when you said that just now? Bragging. Do you remember how much you and I used to talk about whether self-promotion was bragging? Oh, yeah, I sure do, I said. Does self-promotion still feel like bragging to you? Oh, no, I'm past that, she said. Now I'm trying to get some of my people past it and to teach them how to self-promote appropriately. Jason is the perfect example. I need him to stop putting limits on how he talks about himself. I said to her, you could remind him that he's creating his own music every day. She liked that image, and she asked me to explain it. I told her I had first heard it from a music executive named Harlan. Harlan loved developing people. He told them they each had their own soundtrack that played all around them every day. Their soundtrack was crafted in a million little ways, he'd say. Some ways were auditory, like actual music, the rhythm of their speech the range of their inflections, whether their tones were predominantly friendly or challenging. But, he said, they also crafted their soundtrack by their repeated patterns. He called these motifs. For example, he'd say, how does some guy answer the majority of questions he gets asked? Does he condescend? Does he welcome? Does he attack? Does he complain? Over time, everyone gets to know the guy's motifs. The bad news, he went on, is that it's pretty universal which music is harmonic to our ears and which is dissonant. So if your music is dissonant, you either have to change the music you create every day or accept that you have a big hand in creating whatever part of your life is making you unhappy. Harlan told his people, Start writing your music with consciousness. Don't merely play by rote unconsciously. Because, he explained, when other people think of you, that soundtrack plays in their head. It affects how people say good morning to you, and which work gets assigned to you, and how much you get paid. By the time he retired, 
Harlan had groomed an entire generation of devoted young executives. Donna loved the idea of a soundtrack. She said, And the motif's idea is perfect. To me, the list of adjectives people make up about themselves contributes to their motifs. I agree, I said. The words people say about themselves in that thought exercise shape the music the rest of us hear from them. She said, I am definitely going to use that. So, I said, if Jason can begin to imagine more dynamic words, over time his soundtrack will become more dynamic. Are you thinking I could actually sit down and do that exercise with Jason, she asked. And then she laughed. Wouldn't that be like coaching without a license? Donna, feel free to use it. Anyone can use it. Well, she said, I'll bet whatever words Jason says about himself will be a lot more cautious than the ones I said about myself. And then she flinched a little. Oh, wait, I don't want to say anything that would sound like I'm criticizing his list, do I? Good point. No, you don't, I agreed. But you can ask him which words are getting him the results he wants. Ooh, I like that, she said. What is getting him the results he wants? I could tell she was making a mental note. I told her, I recently did that thought exercise with a client. She brainstormed a long list of words, but listen to her top four. Creative and original, and then disorganized and confused. The first two were really working for her. The last two clearly weren't, but all of them had become her brand. Donna nodded. My old boss used to call those kinds of people the butts, because when you would describe them, you'd always say, well, they're really good at this part of the work, but... Donna was eager to talk with Jason and begin improving his brand. By the time we left, she had jotted on the napkin, in capital letters, the word BRAND. Under that, five bullet points. The first one, what brand lines do you repeat about yourself? That one referred to Siobhan using the words, I'm rubbish with numbers. The second bullet point, what adjectives do you imagine people say about you at your best? That was the thought exercise. Number three, add stretch adjectives to help you develop. Number four, you are always creating your soundtrack. Number five, your natural repeated responses become the motifs we hear. After seeing her notes, I told her about two personal branding books that I've used with clients over the years. One, by Peggy Klaus, is Brag, the art of tooting your own horn without blowing it. The second, by Kathleen Reardon, is The Secret Handshake, Mastering the Politics of the Business Inner Circle. Donna wrote those down on her napkin, too. Donna had known me and my brand a long time, so I wasn't too surprised when, as we stood up, she smiled at me and said, I am determined to give Jason the look and sound of leadership. Over half of our more than 100 podcasts, like this one, focus on the perception you make on others. And that's not surprising, given that the reason this podcast exists is to help people in your workplace perceive you the way you want to be perceived. 
If you want to dig a little more deeply into managing how you're perceived, five other podcasts that you might listen to are Act As If, from February 2010, Building Rapport, January 2011, Gravitas, from September 2013, The Many Parts of You, March 2012, and Self-Awareness and Self-Management, from October 2012. A high point on my calendar every month is when I sit down to record these podcasts. Throughout the month, I'm in touch with many of you. This month, I had a long exchange with a listener with the delightful username Arm Fracture. He posted a review in the iTunes store saying this, I'm a social psychologist buff. I love books and programs that help me increase my efficacy in life and in the workplace. This podcast offers theory, practical steps, and troubleshooting in each episode. You can't go wrong by listening to it. Well, to Arm Fracture and to everyone else who has posted reviews in iTunes or Stitcher or other places online, thanks. I really appreciate the feedback. But even more... Your endorsements help new listeners find the podcast, and to me, that's a win for everyone. So thanks a million. Our library of episodes is quite large at this point, and as always, it's all free, and it's all available to you on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's, dot com. From our homepage, Click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips, and that'll put you in a free archive that you can search by categories, and one of the categories is Perception, How You're Perceived. There are more than 60 episodes in that category to help others see you the way you want to be seen. Many podcast listeners tell me that in addition to listening to the podcast, they like receiving the HTML email version, too. If you'd like to get the email version... When you're on the website, just hit the subscribe button. I would love to add you to the list. Or you can access the print versions from the website. Every tip is available online or as a PDF that you can download for yourself or forward to others. And of course, aside from being available on the Essential Communications website, the podcast is also available on iTunes or Stitcher. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.